Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another live episode of 80s Wrestling, the podcast, the only show where fans of the golden era of professional wrestling gather each and every week to share our favorite memories and moments of the sports we love. My name is Jumpin' Jay, and as always, the man sitting across the microphone from me is Mr. Tommy Fierro. Tommy, how are you doing this morning, brother? Jumpin' Jay, good morning, sir. How are you today? Listen, I am fantastic. You know that I look forward to these conversations each and every week, but today is special. Today has has that just that tingle in the air, the excitement in the air. We're 30 seconds into the show. We've already got three callers waiting on hold. Today's a big one, Tommy. Oh, yeah, man. And I promised you last week and, and, and the listeners as well that I was going to have a special guest on this week's episode of 80s Wrestling, the podcast. And Jay, not only do I have one, I have two, because joining us on the show today to celebrate their 35th anniversary of teaming together, which was actually yesterday was the 35th anniversary, Axe and Smash Demolition will be joining us momentarily. And Jay, I'm excited because, as you know, we've been working with them for the last year. I, I did you know, several signings with them, but I got together with them, and we are putting together their official fan club, and it's going to launch pre-sales this Saturday on 80swrestlingcon.com. We're going to talk all about the fan club throughout the episode, but without any further ado, Jay, my favorite tag team growing up as a kid, I know it was yours as well, Bill Eady, Barry Darso, Action Smash Demolition, welcome to 80s Wrestling, the podcast. How are you doing, guys? Glad to be with you. Hey, this is fantastic. Jay, Tommy, unbelievable show. Uh, thank you, man. We're so excited to have you on here. I, I said the phone lines are ringing up. People want to uh, call in and talk to you. We're going to talk all about the 35th anniversary of Demolition and also about the fan club, and we're going to give you more information on that momentarily. But, Jay, how cool is it, man? Growing up as a kid, obviously, I know Demolition was one of your favorites of all time, and now they're on your podcast. Listen, Tommy, this is a pinch-me moment for me personally. It's an absolute thrill I don't know if Axe and Smash, I don't know if you guys realize not only the impact you had on the world of professional wrestling, but when you have guys like Tommy and myself that grew up watching you guys on TV, you were larger than like superheroes. You were part of pop culture. You're part of our childhood. And so this is truly an honor and a thrill to talk to you guys this morning. Well, it's a pleasure for us to be on. Thank you for all the the kind comments and, uh, all the fans have given us support over the years, so we really appreciate you all. And before, yeah, and we, take, before we take our first call, Jay, I want to briefly mention about the fan club, and we're going to talk much more about it later in the episode. So the official Demolition fan club is going to launch in probably the middle of February, but pre-sales are going to go on sale this Saturday, uh, Royal Rumble Saturday, actually, which is, is, is fitting, uh, considering one of my favorite Royal Rumble memories and moments of all time. I know it's yours too, Jay, is when Axe and Smash drew number one and number two. So we are going to put pre-sales on sale this Saturday for the Demolition Fan Club, and it's going to be on 80swrestlingcon.com. And if you're on Instagram, if you're not following Demolition yet, they are on Instagram. Their official Instagram page is Search and Destroy You. So be sure to add them on Instagram. Once again, it's search and destroy you. Now, for the fan club, we have two different packages, Jay. Uh, we have a silver package and a gold package. The silver package is going to be $99, and it's going to include an 11 by 17 Tony Atlas artwork of Demolition. If you've ever seen Tony Atlas's artwork, he is absolutely fantastic. They're going to sign that for you. We have an official trading card made up from them. If you can actually see the trading card on Demolition's Instagram page, again, that's search and destroy you. Absolutely awesome trading card. And there's a part on the trading card, which they actually are able to sign. So they're going to sign that as well. Also a 35th anniversary, eight by 10 photo of Demolition. Again, we posted that last night on the Instagram page as well. You can check that out. Also in the package will be a mass superstar and Repo Man 8x10 pitcher and a membership card, all 99 bucks. It was just super, super cheap. And then a gold package will be available for 129 
and it will include all the stuff I just mentioned and a demogram. You can have a personalized video from Axe and Smash, whether it be for your birthday, for Christmas, a special message to cheer someone up, whatever it is you want. Uh, we will include that in the gold package, all for one twenty nine with all the above. So, I mean, that's, that's a super steal, Jay. That is a super steal, and it's amazing to think that after thirty five years has gone by, and the fans of Demolition are still as wild and devoted as ever. Before we jump into the calls, I'll start with Axe. Axe, did you ever imagine when Demolition formed thirty five years ago? that in 2022 there would be this much attention for the fan club? Fans want this, and the attention it's getting is kind of overwhelming. Did you ever envision it lasting 35 years? Well, to be honest, I, I don't think either of us did. We appreciate the fan support. And, and then actually the fans had uh, developed a demand for it. Uh, over the years, we were asked many, many, many times, uh, why don't you guys have a fan club? And we didn't have the time to do it between traveling and wrestling and, and back and then forth. And thank goodness Tommy is going to take this task on. And I think it's going to be rather uh, daunting, but it's going to be really good because in addition to those items that uh, Tommy had mentioned, uh, $5 of every membership, whether either one, is going to be donated to a, a, a charitable organization. And we're going to hook up with, uh, for example, Tunnel, Tunnel to Towers and Wounded Warriors, and St. Jude's Children's Hospital and Shriners Hospital for Children and uh, Animal Rights. You know, and if a member, a uh, potential member, uh, wants to have his portion, his $5 donated, to their own specific uh, charity, will do that as well. So they're going to help out a lot of people. A lot of things are good. Things are going to happen. That's amazing. Not only do we get to, to support our favorite tag team of all time, we get a lot of cool stuff, but yet it's helping a good cause. That is unbelievable. Uh, Smash, uh, a question yeah. for you. Tommy and I could talk for an hour about what it is about demolition that drew us to you guys. But as a member of the tag team, what do you think it was about you guys that drew the kind of attention and admiration from the fans that you guys have? Well, I, you know, when we first got together, uh, both of us just clicked together as a tag team. I knew exactly what Axe was going to do. Axe knew what Smash was going to do. So we, we knew we had a good team together. And I think everything that we did, we made it look so believable. When we hit somebody, we really hit somebody. I mean, it was, uh, you know, working it, but it looked so believable on TV, and I think the fans believed what we were doing, and the guys that we wrestled, they were the greatest tag teams ever. There were so many of them in our era, and they let us work with them where, you know, the matches were so good together and so believable. I think that's what got the demolition over with the fans is because it was so real. I think that's a beautiful answer, Smash. Uh, you are right. You guys were in the era of the best tag teams that the world of wrestling has ever seen, and you guys were take no prisoner, march down to the ring, kick people's teeth in, and as a young boy watching it, there's just something about that power that draws you. guys. Boys like monster trucks we like superheroes and we definitely loved axe and smash i i'm trying not i'm fighting the urge to monopolize your time and ask you a bunch of questions so i'm going to share uh the questions with some of our longtime listeners and callers first up we're going to tommy's in the woods butler new jersey to talk to our good friend danny danny you're on live with the greatest tag team of all time Tommy, Jumping Jay, Axis Smash, uh, good morning, uh, pleasure to be on, and uh, just, uh, it's a, just a tremendous honor to be able to talk uh, to you guys, um, you know, growing up, idolizing you guys, you know, especially that era, you know, like you just guys mentioned, the multiple tag teams that you worked with in that era, that would, you know, that tag team era would never be duplicated, that's something that I think is 
greatly lacking in the product today. You know, just you know the names like the Hearts, the Rujos, Strike Force, the Islanders. You know, the, the the Stallions, the Bushwhackers, and you know, you guys definitely left your mark on the on the business. You know, and I, in my opinion, you guys still have the longest reign as tag team champions, 478 days. That's a that's a tremendous honor. You know, I don't know how you guys did it. Um, I had the pleasure of meeting you guys at Tommy Store back in May. You know, you guys were, you know, just total gentlemen, true professionals. My son enjoyed meeting you. You know, he's only six years old, but he knows everything about you guys. Um, just to give everybody time, you know, I know I could go on and on. I just want to let everybody get their words in. Um, that era, you know, I mean, just and also, I'd like to say, you know, it's a travesty that you guys are not in the Hall of Fame. Um, when you guys in that era, you know, going, going up against all those teams, uh, which team was the easiest to work with and which team, if there was one, was the most difficult that, you know, you guys probably didn't look forward to working with as much? Well, uh, as far as the easiest to work with, there were so many good teams. You know, you, uh, you mentioned them, and you've got a fantastic memory. The last couple of days we've been doing these uh, Zooms and podcasts and things, and a lot of the teams, like you mentioned, uh, the Islanders, they haven't been brought up that much. But all these guys, uh, the Hearts, the Bulldogs, Tito and Martel, uh, Akeem and Bossman, Andre and Haku, uh, we were just fortunate to be there, And like you said, at the time where there were so many good teams around. Uh, I, I don't remember any teams that we had difficulty with. I'm sure that we did, but uh, I like to look back in our career as being positive. How about you, Smash? Yeah, you know, it, what was great was, you know, and I, I'm going to put over my partner again, uh, Axe. I had a partner that uh, was kind of like I was, where we could work with any team. And if a team was a little tougher to work with, uh, having a partner like Axe, it, it made it easy because we could work how any other team worked. You know, some some guys were big and strong, so we had to work differently with them than it would be if we had to work with, you know, say the Rockers or something where they're more high-flying or, you know, the Killer Bees. So it, was, it wasn't that they were tough matches. It's just that we kind of had to change our game plan and how we worked with them. And it seemed like every match we had, you know, we worked 100%, and it was – a great feeling after the match that we had a good match and not everybody can say that, but I, I, I believe acts feels just like I do every match we had, we put a hundred percent in and we thought there were good matches or great matches. Yeah. We, we, we used to strive and it didn't always happen because the talent is, uh, you know, really top, top notch talent, but we went out with the idea that we're going to have the best, best match on the car. And some nights we had, some nights we were right there, and some nights other members or other wrestlers had the best match. But our objective was to do the best we could each night. And as for the uh, as for the uh, Hall of Fame, we have no control over that. But I'll tell you who does have control of it. The fans have control. And I think if you make enough calls and letters and requests, Maybe they'll pay attention. You know, and, and I think the reason why we had the belts three different times and for such a long time is because we could adapt to everybody and we could have good matches with every team that was out there. And all the teams wanted to work with us because they knew they were going to be a better team working with us. Well, like I said, you guys uh, are definitely uh, – you know, at the top of my list, you know, like I said, if it was up to me, you would definitely be in the Hall of Fame. I know I've made many, many uh, complaints about that. Uh, you know, I've, I've, I've spoke to and, you know, spoke about it in nauseam. Um, you know, you guys, like I said, it's a pleasure to, you know, have, you know, opportunity to speak to you guys. I'm definitely looking forward to seeing you guys in, uh, in May at uh, 80s Wrestling Con in Morristown, my neck of the woods. You know, you guys keep up the good work. Looking forward to seeing this uh, fan club. And I also just wanted to mention, you know, I, I, I kind of left them out. You know, I, I mentioned all those tag teams, but 
those two uh, the, the two matches you had our Saturday Night's main event with the with the Brain Busters in '89, those are were I think my at the top of my favorite matches along with the the matches you guys had with the Hearts uh, and uh, SummerSlam '88 and '90. Um, I'm gonna leave it like that. You know, you guys keep up the good work, Tommy and Jumpin' Jay. Always a pleasure. And I always look forward to see, uh, speaking to you guys uh, in the coming weeks. So uh, keep hitting it out the ballpark. Thank you so much. Right, Thank, you. Thank you. We really appreciate it. Well, there you go. Danny from Butler is such a knowledgeable fan. I always love it when he calls in. Another guy who never fails to disappoint is Brian out in Chico, California. So we're going to crisscross the country. Brian, welcome back to 80s Wrestling, the podcast. You are live with Axe and Smash. Thanks very much, Jay, and hello, Tommy. Uh, good morning, Axe and Smash. I'm real excited to talk to you guys. Uh, I got to watch wrestling right when you, uh, oh, about seven, eight months before you guys hit the WWF, and uh, I just wanted to share a couple things that uh, uh, Tommy was actually in the crowd. I don't know if he's told you he's a real modest guy from what I hear on here, but he was in the crowd January 5th when Axe debuted with Demolition, and yesterday was the... 35-year anniversary of when you guys first wrestled together. It didn't air on TV until Valentine's Day 87, but uh, yesterday was the 35th anniversary of your uh, first match together on uh, in Tampa, I believe it was, and I just wanted to say congratulations on such a tremendous career. I commend you on the charity work you guys are about to do, and you, you couldn't be hooked up with a cooler dude than Tommy. Uh, so good morning, and uh, so so pleased to talk to you guys. Well, thank you very much. You, you really had to get up early this morning, but uh, we appreciate it. Yeah, Tommy's. We've known Tommy for some time, and uh, uh, he's an honest, uh, great guy. Uh, I hope that uh, he's not going to get overwhelmed with this, but you know, we're trying to give back. The fans have been so gracious to us over the years, and uh, you know, they know more about our career than we do, actually, because we were in the middle of the we're in the middle of the forest, and you guys can remember all those things. And we just we're astounded sometimes. We go to the signings and uh, conventions and gatherings, and uh, somebody will come up and say, "You remember this?" or "You guys did that," and it's it's humbling for us because we made an imprint on their lives. And I want to continually thank. All of, all of you fans are fantastic. Yeah, and you know it was so hard. It was so hard over the years. We really couldn't talk to the fans or anything. And you know, back in that era, it was, you know, if you're a bad guy, you did not sit down with a fan and talk to him or sign autographs or anything. And now we're going out all over the country and signing autographs, and it's great just to talk to the the fans. And like Bill says, you know, you guys are more knowledgeable than we are. And we can't believe it's been 35 years either. It just seems like yesterday we were in the ring, you know, beating people up and everything, and now it's 35 years later. It's incredible, and we just got to thank all the fans. Well, that's too cool, and uh, I can't believe it's 35 years later either. I mean, uh, you go from being a a shoot an 11-year-old kid to a 12-year-old kid watching you guys in the ring, and, and, uh, you know, all of a sudden you're – mid to late forties. And so I know you guys are uh, feeling it a, a couple years past me, but, uh, the, uh, the, one of the questions I was wondering about is, uh, when you guys were set up to make the change at, uh, survivor series, uh, with, uh, with food, um, you guys were such a great tandem with, with Fuji and, and, uh, worked so well with him, but how far in advance did you find out that, uh, they were going to switch you baby face and, put foods with the powers of pain and and did you guys think it was a good idea were you a little uh excited about the merchandise possibility but uh worried about if it was the right choice i mean and before you answer i just want to say too i think it actually made you stronger as a team uh, a lot of those matches before that you use you relied on fuji's cane to to win matches you you know i love some of those uh, matches against the Bulldogs. Uh, he had a feud with Billy Jack Haynes and Ken Patera that was memorable. Uh, as uh, Danny from Butler was saying, you guys had some amazing matches with the the Brain Busters, the Heart Foundation. 
Um, but were you tentative about changing Babyface, and, and do you agree that it made you guys a little stronger and that now you were just relying on yourselves? Well, you know, we we were asked that question last night, matter of fact, and uh, well, I don't I don't remember getting a a notice that we were going to make the switch. I, uh, Smash might remember a little bit better than I do. The only thing that I didn't care for, uh, and it wasn't the switch itself, was the timing of the switch. I thought it could have been uh, postponed and pushed back to a later date. I think that the, the people in the office were hearing the fan reaction and they were cheering us. And I think that some of the people that were making decisions thought that, uh, well, they're cheering these guys. They must, we got to turn them good guys and we got to bring them out of the, the good guy dressing room. And I don't think that that's what the fans meant. They just appreciated what we were doing in the ring and, and they liked what we were doing in the ring. Eventually, I knew that we were going to have to turn, but I just thought that maybe it was premature. Uh, and as far as uh, uh, Fuji and situation like that, we we really enjoyed being around Fuji, and he was sort of a uh, a mentor to us in the respect that he was a manager, uh, giving us criticism constructively about what was going on, eliminate this, do that, emphasize this, etc. Yeah, you know, and, and uh, my memory isn't so good anymore either, but uh, I, I I believe it was just like a normal finish for us where they came to us and said, here's what we're going to do tonight. We're going to change you guys' baby faces, and Fuji's going to go, you know, with the Barbarian Warlord and... Uh, it's going to be an angle that we're going to do. And they never really talked to us ahead of time about it or anything. And Bill and I, you know, we really did pretty much everything that they wanted us to do. So it, uh, I, I think it was kind of a surprise to us. And we didn't even really know how to handle it. But being professionals, we just did what we were told to do. And, you know, like you are saying, uh, turn baby face, I don't know if if we, I don't think we worked any different. We didn't come out of the dressing room any different. Our interviews were the same. So to us, it was, turning babyface was the same as what we were before. Very cool. And uh, uh, it it makes me a little sad, though, that you guys were uh, sprung with the losing your, your buddy Fuji like that. And, and uh, you know, such a mentor and friend, I'm sure. And then... Uh, Bill, you worked with the, with Andre and the Machines uh, for a while in '86. Um, then, of course, you guys worked with uh, Andre and Haku as the uh, colossal connection to me. Those two guys, if you were picking two guys to to back you up uh, outside of the ring, there's not a more dangerous pair. But I'm guessing both of them were uh, tremendous people out in you know outside the ring and and real nice people to deal with uh, away from the ring. Any memories on uh, Haku and Andre? Oh, fantastic memories, all positive. Andre was uh, not only my personal friend, he was a friend of my wife and uh, godfather to my two daughters. And uh, Haku was probably one of the nicest guys in the world, uh, but he can handle himself. So you're absolutely right. If you're gonna if you're gonna look for two guys to back you up in a in a street fight or a bar fight, those are probably two of the best guys to, to, to say, hey, come on over, I need some help. Awesome. Hey, uh, I'll, I'll let you guys go, but I do want to just say how much I appreciate all the entertainment that you both gave us over the years. That uh, Royal Rumble, I think, uh, when you guys came out one and two, like the guys mentioned earlier, uh, that was mind-blowing to a little kid, and it, it – what it, it just epitomized what you guys were about of let's just we're going to beat people up even if it's each other and uh, shot you up a couple more notches on the popularity scale so again well, thank, uh, you. thank you both so much and thank uh, you. I thank appreciate you. the opportunity to talk to you guys yes thank you take sir. care everybody thank you. Thank you. so before we take the next call he mentioned that famous Royal Rumble spot where you guys drew number one and number two. And from a fan's perspective, we would never even think about 
fantasy booking or otherwise, think about a tag team kind of having to face each other at the height of the, the career that you guys were having. Whose idea was that to have you guys come out one and two and kind of tease that for the fans? Well, you know, I, I really don't know. I knew that I had uh, pulled the, the, the first number, but I, I wasn't aware of uh, anybody else. I was just getting ready myself in the back to uh, come out. And then, I, of course, the music went off. I went into the ring. And uh, uh, there again, we talked about this a number of times. I wasn't aware of who was second, third, <laughs> 25th, whatever. Uh, but it, it, it turned out to be memorable, not only for us, but for the fans. And that's one of the topics that most of the fans, when we do the meet and greets and the conventions and gatherings, they talk about. So, yeah. Smash, and, when you, you yeah. must have known, because you were headed to the ring and saw Axe standing there. Well, I didn't know way beforehand. You know, when you have a big pay-per-view, you know, they, they usually write names on the board, you know, who goes against who and all this. And and the whole time I was wondering, you know, when am I going out there? I didn't know if I was going to be 10, 20. You know, who would ever think that you'd be number two going out when <laughs> when Axe was number one? And right. I couldn't figure out why they didn't tell me or they didn't tell five, six, seven different people, you know. And I think it was, you know, once my music went out, I kind of went, well, holy shit, what the hell is going on here? <laughs> and then and Bill's in the ring stand there, and he's looking at me like, you know, what are we going to do now? And I'm going, please don't hit me. You hit too hard. And, and, and we get in there, and we just started fighting. And, you know, it was, it was fun because, you know, we were such good friends. We were like brothers, and we were fighting each other. And then all of a sudden, Andre the Giant comes out, and it was like, well, thank God, now I don't have to get hit by my partner anymore. You know, let's beat up this big old guy if we can. So, you know, it was it was a pretty amazing night for us, too, because we were, we were as surprised as everybody else. And I, 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 think that a lot, I think that a lot of the fans had anticipated that that was going to be the, the, the termination of the team, but it wasn't, and um, thank goodness. Here we are all these years later still doing <laughs> doing things together. So it was unique and and I don't the, the nice thing about it we often say is uh well they can't do that again. It's already been done. Right. And you know, I it, it had to be, you know, Pat Patterson probably or well, you know, Vince, you know, at the very end of, you know, the meetings or whatever, but whoever came up with it, it was it was a great idea. It was a great idea and very memorable for sure. We're going to take one more call and then we'll talk more about uh, the 35th anniversary and the fan club. But right now we're going to back to the New Jersey area, Totowa, New Jersey, to talk to Tom. Tom, welcome to Totoa 80s Repping the Podcast. Totowa Tom, welcome back to the show. I appreciate it. And jumping, Jim, I hope you allow me to ask my two questions to demolition. <laughs> the, the, the microphone is all yours, Tim. Well, first off, I just want to say, um, last a couple of weeks ago at the ISPSW show, fantastic job by Tommy Fierro once again. Thank and you, I just sir. want to let everyone know, I have not seen a man work as hard as he does, whether it's in his store, whether it's in his wrestling promotion, whether it's he's running a fan club for Team Demolition. Tommy is hands-on, and he is a very, very hard worker, very hard worker. You guys Thank are you, in man. good hands. Thank you. So my first question, my first question to Team Demolition, you know, I like to ask these questions because I'm pretty inquisitive on things happen. Um, a few weeks back, I asked why managers aren't showcased anymore in today's product. So I'm going to ask you guys the same question: Why aren't tag teams used to the fullest anymore? You know, we've we've been asked that many, many times, and to be honest with you. I don't understand it because a tag team can generate so much excitement. Uh, you've got four guys in the ring plus the referee and you add a couple managers or at least one, you've got nonstop action when you want it. Uh, there's a lot of uh, 
individual wrestlers that for some reason uh, don't want to be as a team member, don't want to sacrifice some of their spotlight. But if you're going to be a team, you need to be a team. Uh, And sometimes when they don't have enough ideas for Joe Schmo and Joe Joe, they put them together and make a team, and neither one of them want to be there. They want to be individuals, and that might be part of the reason, but I always thought, you know, like we're talking about the era that we were in, and even before that, tag teams were always a big part of this business. So I don't have any idea, to be honest with you. I I think that it comes all the way down to the cost. If you had if you had six matches on the card and they're all just regular matches, you only have twelve guys and a referee. Well, if you have six matches and you got two tag teams on there, you just added that many more guys that you have to pay, that many more that you have to fly in. Um it, I, I think it all boils down to where they're trying to save that little bit of a dollar and pay the, the single wrestlers more money. And it's terrible that, you know, you have to think that it's a, a money thing, but I, I really believe that's what it is. It's all about money. They don't, do you, they don't do you, think that they need tag teams. Do you mind if I add to that? Because I think you hit it right on the head. Um, Speaking with a friend of mine, he had mentioned to me that that's one of the reasons why they got rid of managers years ago. Yep. Let's say Vince want to, you know, put someone up uh, as a manager to drive with someone else. Why do that when we just have the talent go? And the same thing with the tag teams. But now, listen, hear me out. There are so many wrestlers on these rosters, whether you look at AEW or WWE, you can't put over these guys. Why not? bring back the tag teams, or even the six-man tag team. Run, you know, put a title out there. I mean, was there anything hotter than when S.H.I.E.L.D. was taking on the Wyatts a few years ago? Or when the, when the Freebirds, you know, had their feuds? Um, you know, it's just amazing. And, and, I, and now go back to last week's show when Tommy Fierro was talking about enhancement talent. Okay, if you're saying to me that it's too expensive – to bring in all this talent, how about going to the independent scene? How about bringing some of these up-and-comers? You know, use the enhancement. Instead of giving everything away for free on TV, let's go back to those days. Then you'll be able to maybe afford having that even a six-man tag team. I think that you need to put your application in with the WWE and get a job done. Yeah, but what well, happens is he, he has all these great ideas, and they are great ideas, and it comes down to three minutes before the show, and it, it, it's made. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Well, I guess it's a, it's a discussion for another show, but before I leave, I just have one last question. Um, do you guys remember the details behind your team being formed? Because I understand that Moondog Rex was actually – uh, part of the team in the very beginning, I even heard that it was his idea, and Vince wasn't, I guess, happy with him for some reason. And I'll just hang up and listen to your guys' response. No, no, uh, he, Moon Dog was instrumental in developing the team. Uh, we put our heads together several times and uh, added this, deleted that, whatever. Uh, Vince wasn't upset with him because of him. Uh, we did two events, Allentown and Hamburg, or no, the Meadowlands and Hamburg, I believe, and on both Hershey, Hershey and Meadowlands. That's what it was. And on both instances, the fans recognized him immediately because he had already been in there as one of the Moondogs as their champion. So, of course, the fans were going to recognize him. I initially thought this is going to be a good uh, gimmick. It's going to make money. It's just not going to make money with Randy. And Randy was gracious enough to understand that and step aside. And that's when we approached uh, uh, Barry. They had made some suggestions for other individuals that were in the territory at that time. But it was going to be the same thing. People they suggested were all good guys. 
but it wasn't going to work because they were already known by the fans. Whereas me being there under the mask, they had no reference point, and Barry coming in, they had no reference point. So it wasn't anything against uh, Randy per se, no. And, and it just really worked out perfect for me because I just quit my job uh, in the Crockett territory. And when I quit there, I was talking to Ricky Steamboat and uh, Earl Hebner, and I was asking them, you know, to help me get a job up in the WWF at the time because uh, Dave Hebner was up there. So Ricky went to Vince and said, hey, there's a, there's a guy here that you might want to take a look at. And that's when Vince called me up, and it just happened to be when I quit there, that job opened up, and I didn't even know anything about the demolition or anything. Even when I went up into the office, they didn't even mention the name demolition. They had me sign a non-compete uh, uh, contract, so I wouldn't tell anybody what it was. And they, they came out with like 10 different pages of what we were going to look like. And Vince asked me, he says, how do you feel about doing this? And I said, shoot, I'll do it. I love it. And, you know, it, the pictures that I saw weren't anything like, you know, the Road Warriors or Powers of Pain or anything. It was just pictures of us. And uh, uh, then once Bill got back from Japan and everything, they asked Bill if it was okay, if I would be okay for his partner and he met with me and we okayed each other. And, you know, that's how the whole team got together. So it was, it was pretty lucky, a lucky situation for me is quitting and that job open up right then. Hey, Barry, I got a, I got a question for you. So, so Bill was there prior to you. He was doing the machines gimmick and obviously had a run earlier than that there as well. My, yeah. my question to you is this was your first uh, time in the WWF and you're coming from the Crockett's. Now you're coming to something that is, at this time, a global phenomenon, and now you're having T-shirts, posters, action figures, anything that they can print with your likeness on it they were doing. What was it like right. for you coming from Crockett to WWF and, 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 and being a part of that, like overnight pretty much? Well, you know, I, I was, you know, on TBS and everything, so that was nationwide also, you know, the NWA. and Oh, no, no, absolutely. I'm, I'm saying there, so, WWF was more pop culture at the time, though. Right. You know, for me, my goal in my whole wrestling career was to get to the WWF because that was New York. That was the biggest wrestling organization around. And when I finally got the call to go up there and, you know, the you know, – the first time I the first time I ever walked in the dressing room, I was like, "Holy cow!" You know, here's Hulk Hogan, here's Jimmy Superfly Snuka, Paul Orndorff. You know, here's all these guys that are all top guys. You know, and it was pretty amazing. And thank God it was with Bill walking in because I immediately had, you know. Uh, a little bit of clout, I guess you could say, to where, you know, who's this jabroni coming in? It wasn't like that. It was like they took me in like I was a top guy right away. So it was it was really amazing to get the job up there, and that was what my whole life was about in my wrestling career was to get there, and I got there. Did you guys, and this is a two-part uh, question for both of you guys, did you guys going into this when you first started this gimmick, did you have any idea it would it get as big as it did? I I, I, thought, I, I I go ahead. I, I thought once once I got with Bill and you know I've I've always been a you know a a fan of Bill when he was a mass superstar and I knew how good he was and I thought I was good in the wrestling. I thought with us two teaming up that if they gave us the right push that yeah we would be like what we were and. You know, it's not uh, tooting our horns too much, but, you know, I, I really believed it. After the first match we had, I said, when we get when we get clicking and the office gets behind us, it's going to be big. Yeah, I, I had the same feeling. I had the same feeling. I knew that the, I knew that the reception when Randy and I uh, went out in Allentown and, uh, excuse me, uh, Meadowlands and uh, Hershey, the fan reaction was fantastic. 
and uh, it just wasn't going to work in that combination. But I felt more secure with Barry. And then they kept adding things. They, you know, they added the the, the theme song, and uh, uh, they got the push behind us. So, yeah, I, I knew it was going to be big, and I just uh, – it, it's nice to know and sit back and say, man, we were involved in something fantastic. Absolutely. And, and Bill, I, I, the caller earlier said, I never told you this. I was actually a kid in the audience at the Meadowlands when you debuted that first, that first time I was, I was in the crowd for it. So well, what did then, you think? See, I'm, I'm sure you can remember that it was, it was a good pop. People were interested from day one. Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So when you, when you saw Randy Colley out there, did you recognize him as one of his moon dog before? I, and- no, I didn't because I was only I was only seven or eight years old. I was I was just a young kid, so I mean I didn't I didn't. I mean now looking back on it, obviously you can tell, but back then I didn't. But if you were older, absolutely you could. But uh, yeah, it, it, it's cool that I was there for that. That was actually the same set of tapings. I don't know if you remember, Bill. There's the same set of tapings where they did the whole Hulk Hogan Andre the Giant turn on Piper's Pit. That was on the, that set of tapings as well. Wow! Wow! Yeah, it's a very, 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 very uh, important uh, TV taping for the history of wrestling. Too bad you weren't there for it, Jay. <laughs> Tommy, Tommy grew up on the East Coast, so he got to experience a lot of in-person shows. And being born and raised in central Minnesota, it, it would be periodic that you guys would come to my area. But Tommy was definitely spoiled when it comes to that kind of stuff. Uh, before we dive more into the fan club, we do have another caller waiting on hold. This one's all the way from the great country to the north of us, Canada. We're going to go to our good friend, David. David, welcome to 80s Wrestling, the podcast. You are live with Axe and Smash. Jay, Tommy, Axe and Smash, great to talk to you. Happy to be here. Good morning. Uh, Thank you, my friend. What- one of the things, uh, I'm, a, I'm a high school teacher, the Tommy and Jano uh, Act Smash, and I was just having a conversation with my colleague the other day talking about wrestling, and all of a sudden, he just I mentioned Demolition, and he's like, oh, I love Demolition, and it's someone I've never really talked to. It's just funny how it resonates with people. You don't necessarily know, you don't talk to them, but all of a sudden, it's like you talk about Demolition, and it just opens up this floodgate of, of memories. Um, so I just wanted to share that story, but I have, I have uh, two questions. Uh, for you. Uh, first one is, uh, what are your, some of your favorite places to wrestle? I mean, you could talk about buildings in the U.S., but I'm also interested in international, some of your favorite destinations. And also, it, I know you mentioned it briefly a little bit at the beginning uh, when you were talking about the, the founding of Demolition, but if you talk a little bit more about where where the idea for the look came from with the face paint and the, and the sort of the leather, because uh, I've always thought that was very unique, and and it just the atmosphere whenever you guys came out for a match was just so intense. And I think the look contributed so that much. And I wonder if you could talk a little bit about that. Where are you located in Canada? Uh, Hamilton. Oh, yes. Well, Toronto is one of our favorite towns. Montreal. uh, Love Montreal. I was up there probably two and a half summers. Uh, I would say Japan. Uh, I went back and forth there. We had a great time. We went to Italy. Uh, man, it was just so many nice places to go. And uh, we, Barry and I often talk about the fact that we're so fortunate because we we go places that people pay thousands and thousands of dollars to go to. We get to go, and we get paid to go there. So it was like... A, like a movie, you know, you're getting to do things that you would never think of before. Uh, so it was, it was amazing. Wouldn't you say smash? Yeah. You know, and exactly. And, and like your favorite town, it was, it's almost, you know, every town was your favorite town kind of, because, you know, like when you'd have a match that was made for the Madison square gardens, and the people would lose their minds, that was one of your favorite towns. You go to Montreal, you know, the fans are just crazy because you, you wrestled a couple Canadian guys and beat them up, and they hated you, and it was, that was your favorite town. And it, it, it's hard to pick your favorite, but uh, 
we were so for, fortunate to go all over the world, you know, Germany and, you know, Japan and Canada, you know, all, it just was, it was just the greatest life always. You had to kind of pinch yourself and say, yeah, we're on our plane to, to Rome, Italy, you know? Yeah. It was, it was, it was a pretty neat deal. It, it was a tough schedule, but you had to sit back and, and, and enjoy it while you could. And concerning the concerning the appearance, uh, initially, uh, Randy had come up with the idea of uh, similar to the I think it was Mad Max movie, and uh, wearing a mask, which, which we did adapt and have our entrance ma- uh, entrance uh, mask. But he suggested wearing like a a fur type mask and I thought well being the superstar I didn't care for that particular fur type mask uh, and I suggested well we paint our faces wear the entrance mask take the mask off and have the face paint which was similar protection nobody recognized this but in his case unfortunately they did so we tweaked it there was a couple suggestions like the fur mask and fur boots, which we thought of, and then we eliminated. We got the leather and the spikes and the paint and the music. Uh, I think the music uh, matched the costume. The music matched our presentation, our ring action. So it was. Uh, it wasn't a single day. It was weeks of well, maybe and no and no and another no and yes so it took a period of time and uh hamilton uh wasn't the missing link from there and uh who else from was from up there oh uh, a ton of guys that used to be the, the wrestling factory but you know the gardens how can yeah. you not how can you not love the maple leaf gardens my god all the history right. there yeah yeah for sure, our our claim to fame is always the Hamilton. Anyways, the the first that's where the first Royal Rumble was. Really, we'll take that too. Oh wow, yeah. that that you know the what, one that's that one uh, Doug and won. That's one of our fame uh, favorite matches too. I I think Pat Patterson came up with that idea. I, I want to yeah. give him credit because I think over the years he he's the one that came up with that idea. Yeah, for sure. Well, guys, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to fans and, and to talk to me. And I, I wish you all the best with everything you're doing with the 35th anniversary. And Tommy and Jay, you guys take care as well. Thank well, you, good, thank you so much, David. Good luck in your teaching because I'm a teacher as well. So I know what you're going through. So thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, and, and hopefully we can get up to Canada here soon, you know, with this COVID, get rid of this COVID crap. I, I, I'd absolutely love to see, to see you up here. I'd make the trip for sure. Thank you. All right, thank you very much. So we're we're gonna we're gonna settle down now and uh, talk a couple more minutes about the Demolition Fan Club, the official fan club to celebrate the 35th anniversary of one of the greatest tag teams in the history of professional wrestling. Again, pre-sales will go on sale this coming Saturday, Royal Rumble Saturday. And uh, you'll be able to head over to 80swrestlingcon.com and get all that information this Saturday. Also, if you're on Instagram, be sure to follow them at Search and Destroy You. And uh, the package that we listed, uh, we mentioned earlier about the silver and the gold, I'm actually going to throw that up on the Instagram page for demolition tonight so you have it in print in front of you. And uh, then, again, this Saturday, it will be available for pre-sales. Uh, any last thoughts, uh, Axe and Smash, going into uh, starting up your fan club very soon? Well, you can you can mention Smash's uh, Twitter site, too. Would you do that, Smash? Yeah, at, at Real Demo Smash. And I don't go on it enough, and uh, I need to start going on and talking to a lot more of the fans. But uh, it's at Real Demo Smash. There you go, Real Demo Smash. And again, on Instagram, it's Search and Destroy You. And the fan club will be on sale for pre-sales this coming Saturday, Royal Rumble Saturday on 80swrestlingcon.com. Guys, I just want to say 
I really, really appreciate the opportunity to work with you on this. I'm excited for it, extremely excited for it. And I'm and and, and Bill, I'm, I'm 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 I hear you say about being overwhelmed. I'm ready to be because I I know it's going to get a very positive response, and I'm looking forward to it. Well, it's going to be nice. I think you know we've done a, a series of signings recently since you've mentioned it, and uh, there's a quite a quite a buzz about the fact that it's starting up, and uh, we just appreciate all the fans, and just remember that a portion, $5 of every membership is going to go to a worthwhile cause. Absolutely. And, and, yeah, and thank you for uh, putting this all together for us, too. We're, we're excited. It's, uh, it's going to be a fun thing just to get together, sign all this stuff for the fans, and talk to all the fans. Absolutely. And then, as you know, people, Demolition will be a big part, a big part, of 80s Wrestling Con Live May 7th at the Menon Sports Arena in Morristown, New Jersey. I'm going to get together with them, see if we can do something a little special for that weekend as well. And, and the nighttime show, our ISPW show, we're going to be actually having a four-way tag team match for the Demolition Cup. And Action Smash will be there on hand to present the winners with the trophy. Guys, I'm so excited to be working with you much in the near future. And uh, Jay, any final words for Action Smash? I just want to congratulate you for 35 years of destruction as one of the most dominant tag teams of all time. Thank you both for taking time out of your busy schedules to to visit with us today. You guys were a huge part of why I fell in love with the world of wrestling. And so it's just been a thrill to talk to you this morning. Well, it's our pleasure. and Thank you very much. Yeah, jumping in, you you do a heck of a job on here too. Good job. Thank you. Well, bless you, sir. Thank you so much. You made my day smash. Wait till I tell my wife. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, thank you so much. I'll be in touch with you later today. All right. Thank you. you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hey, Tommy. Yes, sir. I just got to talk to Action Smash of Demolition. Well, now now that they're off the phone, Jay, and, and we can, you know, we can take a breather. I, yeah. I, and, I, and I wanted to say on the air, but I, I didn't because of all the calls, how that song, that theme song was one of my, well, probably is my favorite theme song ever. And even to this day, uh, and I'm 44 years old, there you go, play it for a second. <laughs> I'll Stop quiet it, it down. Let's hear it. Yeah, hear it. Let it cue in, brother. Man, I still get chills. I still get chills listening to that song, and, I, and 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 sometimes I find myself singing it while I'm driving in the car, or, you know, taking a shower. Or like that 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 song just always sticks with me, you know. It, it, it's it's. I want to ask their their thoughts on the song. I, I think that the song played a tremendous, tremendous part in the the success of their characters. Yeah, and Axe even mentioned that how the song, when uh, when he was asked about the look, he said that the music just matched the look and kind of matched their style, and it did. It was the total package came together so beautifully for Demolition that yeah, with you needed the song, you needed the look, you needed their kind of kicking people's teeth down their throat approach to wrestling. It, it just fit perfectly, and that's part of the reason why 35 years later fans are clamoring for a fan club and to see these guys and to talk to these guys. And I thought it was great that Smash mentioned as a heel wrestler at that time, you were not allowed to have those kind of interactions with fans. And now that they can, that they just kind of enjoy it because they weren't able to do it for part of their career. And I thought that was an excellent point. Absolutely, man. And, uh, and, and Bill, and Bill, uh, Edie was correct about me, about me about to get overwhelmed because I, I already have, so 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 much on my plate but uh you know as 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 i get older and wiser uh i i realize that um any opportunities that come along that i think are good ones you just say yes and then you worry about how to get to it afterwards that that's my new my new working philosophy is that i mean i i know i have the i have the store i have the virtual signings i have 80s wrestling con live i'm doing now i have um uh, ISPW. I'm 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 about to start working on a, a Broadway uh, musical for for wrestling, and and now this it, it's like obviously I know it's too much. Obviously I am extremely overwhelmed. But when an opportunity like that comes on your plate, 
uh, and they're your favorite tag team ever growing up as a kid. You just got to jump on it and take it and then worry about how to do it afterwards. So that, that's my new, uh, my new working philosophy, Jay. That's not a bad working philosophy. And I think it's just good advice for anybody. If six foot, three inch, 280 pound men wearing leather spikes and face paint ask you to do something, you just find a way to do it. <laughs> you just do it, right? You just do it. So yeah, we're uh, going into this weekend. We're, I was, you know, I was supposed to have, and I, I didn't announce it yet. I'm announcing it here on the on the show first. I'll, I'll put it on our social media platforms after. Uh, we're supposed to have Carlito uh, at the store this Saturday, Royal Rumble Saturday, and uh, it was gonna be cool too because uh, Carlito was last year's uh, mystery Royal Rumble entrant, so it was gonna be cool that he was gonna be here on Royal Rumble Saturday. We're expected to get a snowstorm in uh, New Jersey uh, this Saturday. And the, the right now the reports are over the place. And some are saying four to six inches. Some are saying a foot plus. Uh, they're still tracking it. But I don't want to chance having him uh, come here and then be stuck here. Uh, and his flight, or his flight gets canceled. And, you know, the airport is an hour from the store. So it, just to get him here would be very tough. So I, I don't want to um, – risk no one showing up for it and it wouldn't be fair to the fans that want to come that won't have the opportunity to because of the snow so he was gracious enough to reschedule the date with me for saturday february the 20th uh which you know that's cool his his his, uh his saying but uh we're we're changing it to uh saturday the 20th of february Uh, so anyone that ordered any uh autographed pictures of carlito on 80s wrestlingcon.com they will be uh, signed on February 20th. And if you haven't ordered one yet, you now have an opportunity to have a little bit more time. Head over to 80swrestlingcon.com. Again, it's now going to be Saturday, February 20th. And we return with our live uh, virtual signing, Monday night virtual, this coming Monday night with the Native American Tatanka. Jay, I know you're looking forward to that one. Of course I am. I always love Monday night virtuals because it's a it's a glimpse behind the curtain to see what these guys are really like. And you hear stories about their wrestling career, places they've been, interactions they've had. And Tatanka was a huge part of that, like, early 90s, uh, mid-90s WWF world. So I'm sure he got just a ton of great stories from his career. And so you got to all be tuned in. Awesome, man. And again, if you would like to get an autographed picture of Tatanka and watch him sign it live for you and give you a shout out this Monday night, head over to our website, 80swrestlingcon.com. Hopefully uh, I can uh, twist Jumpin' Jay's arm to put Tatanka up on the on the main page. He's always very gracious and always helps out. Jay, I, I got to give you that, uh, that six-figure bonus that you were looking for for a while. I'm going to mail that out to you uh, this week. And uh, uh, on, on the website as well, you'll actually see a link to our Facebook page once Tatanka's up on the main page. So all you do is click that link and it'll direct you right to the Facebook page. But to order a picture, just go to 80swrestlingcon.com and then tune in live on our Facebook page this coming Monday night, 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern time. You can watch Tatanka sign your photo live for you, give you a shout-out, and then we'll ship the photo out to you after the signing. Could not be any easier. For fans of wrestling comedy, it could not be any easier. You go to the website, you purchase your photo, it gets signed, and then you just wait by the mailbox. You've got a That's beautiful, it. beautiful system. That's all you got to do. That's all you got to do. <laughs> Jay, I appreciate everything you do, man. You are the unsung hero behind the scenes of, of, of my, uh, my company and my projects. Uh, little does anyone know how hard Jay works to, to help out and Jay, I, I'm, again, I've, I've said it to you several times here on the show in the past, but uh, it doesn't hurt to say it again. I appreciate you so much for everything you do for not only me, but for all the the, the fans and followers of, of 80s wrestling. Well, listen, that's very sweet of you to say, and I, I've said it to you before. I am just so thankful that you're taking me on this ride. I mean, who would have thought? The way it all started for listeners is I do graphic design on the side. It's like a hobby. Yeah, tell the, tell the story. Tell the story real quick. And I was following Tommy on Instagram and I thought, this guy's got cool stuff. I'm going to send him a graphic. And so I just made a graphic and sent it to you. That, that, that was our first interaction. Fast forward to today, I got to talk to Axe and Smash the Demolition. 
it's been amazing, Tommy. So thank you for bringing me on this journey and introduce me to some really cool stuff in the world of wrestling. Oh, man, my pleasure. And, and, and last week, like I said, I, I, I promised you a guest and I've delivered with two and I'm going to do it again. I'm, well, I don't know about two, but I'm going to promise another <laughs> guest, another guest, another 80s guest, another 80s icon. I don't know who it's going to be yet, but we'll have another one right here next week on 80s Wrestling, the podcast. <laughs>